In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Welcome, everyone. As we're gathering once again, especially for those who are visiting, uh, those who are here for the baptisms after Mass, we have taught some basic sign language responses over the last two months. We have four sign language responses. They are, amen, alleluia, thanks be to God, and we're working on, and with your spirit. Wonderful. We are not going to be teaching those for a while now. You are still welcome to use them as you are comfortable or as you choose to challenge yourself, right? Uh, once we pick up an ordinary time, we will emphasize those again and uh, probably teach some new sign language responses. As we're gathering at the end of this liturgical year, celebrating Christ, as king of our hearts and king of all creation and the universe, we begin by asking God's mercy. Lord Jesus, you are the shepherd that brings your sheep to salvation. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ Jesus, you bring joy and happiness to your people. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you sit at the right hand of the Father. Intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us of our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen.
gathering our prayers, let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, whose will it is to restore all things through your beloved Son, the King of the universe, grant, we pray, that all creation, set free from slavery, may render your majesty service and unceasingly proclaim your praise. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, to our Lord, through, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will look after and tend my sheep. As a shepherd tends his flock, when he finds himself among his scattered sheep, so will I tend my sheep. I will rescue them from every place where they were scattered, when it was cloudy and dark. I myself will pasture my sheep. I myself will give them rest, says the Lord God. The lost I will seek out. The strayed I will bring back. The injured I will bind up. The sick I will heal. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy, shepherding them rightly. As for you, my sheep, says the Lord God, I will judge between one sheep and another, between rams and goats. The word of the Lord. Please sing along with the responsorial psalm. It can be found on the inside back cover of your hymnal. Oh, 
a reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through man, the resurrection of the dead came also through man. For just as in Adam all die, so too in Christ shall all be brought to life, but each one in proper order. Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he hands over the kingdom to his God and Father, when he has destroyed every sovereignty and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. When everything is subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to the one who subjected everything to him, so that God may be all in all. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. 
He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire, prepped for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty? or a stranger, or naked, or ill, or in prison, and not ministered to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Coming now to the end of the liturgical year, celebrating once again Christ as King of all things and all the universe. We've had the special privilege this year, during this cycle of readings, of hearing and journeying with Jesus in Matthew's Gospel. And so as we celebrate Christ as King, an understanding of Christ's kingdom, we should have, in some ways, a special insight or kind of a different vision of what that might mean. Because in Matthew's Gospel, we've heard Jesus teach over and over and over again in parables, and especially in Matthew's Gospel, we've heard numerous parables that have started with the line, the kingdom of heaven is like. 
right? We know once again that parables, Jesus teaching in parables, uh, as we've heard this over and over, and especially kingdom parables, we know that they're supposed to, in many ways, challenge our perspectives, our foundations. They're supposed to tilt us or shake us a little so that the normal everyday logic or checklists of our lives are in some ways disturbed a bit so that we can see, perceive, think, behave in ways that are more like the kingdom of God. And so the kingdom of heaven is like, it's like a person who casts a net into the sea, pulls together the good and the bad. The kingdom is like a sower who casts seed, fell on all kinds of different ground. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching and finds a pearl of great place. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, like yeast, like ten maidens who went out to meet the bridegroom. It's like a king who gave his servants talents and asked to invest them. And finally, we hear this parable about the judgment of the kingdom, right? So as we come to the end of this liturgical year and celebrate Christ as king, having heard so many kingdom parables, how are we seeing just a little bit differently about Christ, his kingdom, his presence among us. The separation parable of the sheep and the goats, the judgment, the final teaching of Christ before he enters into his death and resurrection, the passion narrative follows almost immediately after this in Matthew's gospel. We hear this final teaching and it's about judgment. And so just a bit of insight into this final parable that we hear about the separation of the goats and the sheep. By the way, I don't know why the goats get such a bad rap sometimes. You know, they're not such bad creatures. But it's a parable, right? So first of all, the opening line is very important. It says, the king sat on his glorious throne and all the nations were gathered before him. This is a kingdom parable and a judgment parable, not just for Christians. As a matter of fact, it's actually much more for non-Christians, right? The, the pagans, if you will. Because it says all the nations are gathered before. And they are judged based on their merciful behavior or not. Whether they're living righteously or not. And so it's really about, in many ways, answering the question for the Christian community, how can other people be saved if they're not Christians, right? If they live a righteous life, if they're doing good with their lives and what's been given them, whether they understand it or see it or not, in many ways, they're, they're going to be saved. They're going to be receiving the kingdom that has been prepared for them from the foundation of the world. Which is why when we hear them ask the question in the parable, when did we see you? Or when did we not see you? 
and minister to your needs. Christ says, when you did it for the least of these brothers of mine, or you did it for the little ones, or did not do it for the brothers or the little ones, you did or did not do it for me, even though they may not even recognize that, right? So it's really about a judgment for all peoples, and especially non-Christians. It was presumed in this parable, especially for these early Christian community, that actually, in many ways, those who were hungry, thirsty, those who were uh, naked and, and ill and in prison and stranger, was actually the Christian people themselves. When we hear that phrase, the, the least brothers of mine, or the little ones. Previously in Matthew's gospel, those were the phrases that were used in Matthew and by Christ for the Christian community, right? The, the people of God, the fellowship, the beloved community, his body of Christ here and now, present. And so, and, and it really, especially for many generations of the early Christian communities, we were we were the poor. <laughs> we were the oppressed, right? We were the marginalized. And I know that still happens somewhat, especially in non-first world countries, right? Uh, e even in first world countries. But, but for the most part, Christianity and the Christian culture has changed radically. This parable has a, has a different meaning for us than it did the early Christian community. As a matter of fact, we, especially since... 300 and whatever it was, 13, when, when Christianity was not only given permission to be an official religion, but was actually adopted by the, by the monarchy at the time, right? And since then, actually, for the most part, Christians have become the people of power. <laughs> We're the people of authority. And so this parable takes on a whole new meaning for us and a whole new challenge for us because it can't really necessarily be presumed as it was in the early community that we're the ones who are the poor, the broken, the suffering, the, the, the in prison, the, the stranger. And that we as the Christian community were actually ministering to the needs within the community and outside community. That can't be presumed anymore especially because we're the people of power. Boy, sometimes when I hear us Christians talk about the homeless camp or the migrant or the immigrant, right? When I hear us talk about those who are incarcerated, I think, man, we have become the people of power. Sometimes we've become so arrogant, right? So the challenge of the judgment for all peoples is even more powerful and challenging for us, the Christian community and the people of God. We should be able to be the ones that are able not only just to minister and to see and to recognize the difficulty and the brokenness around us and to reach out in charity and in mercy, we should be the ones who are actually able to recognize and see the very presence of Christ in the brokenness that's around us. 
in the face of one another within the Christian community who are hungry and thirsty and ill and stranger. And then beyond the Christian community, those who are hungry, those who are thirsty, those who are incarcerated, those who are stranger among us. We should actually not have to ask the question when. We should actually be able in more ways to see that presence of Christ in the brokenness of ourselves and the world around us. Hmm. The kingdom of heaven is like having heard over and over kingdom parables, coming now to this conclusion again of the liturgical year and celebrating Christ the King. How are you and I able to recognize and perceive and act just a little bit differently, seeing the presence of Christ among us, that the kingdom of God's grace, God's mercy, God's justice, God's love may be seen and experienced more fully among us. People of faith, we profess one faith. I'm going to ask three questions. The response to those questions is, I do. Do you believe in God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, crucified, died, buried, rose from the dead, and is now seated at the right hand of God the Father? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy, Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? This is our faith that we profess through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Prayers and petitions and thanksgiving, making our needs known to God. Our response is, hear us, O Lord. For a deeper understanding of God's kingdom and our baptismal call to make it visible through our lives, we pray, hear, hear us, us, O Lord. For hearts that await the coming of our Lord with hope and joy, we pray, hear us, O Lord. May the daily choices we make for our brothers and sisters be generous in our response to their needs. We pray, hear us, O Lord. As we heal from all division, violence, and hatred, May we break free from the feeling of isolation, fear, and despair. We pray, hear us, O Lord. 
for our beloved who have entered eternal life this week, Joyce Connor, Robert Pisano, Douglas Teeple, and Josephine Welts, may they enter into the embrace of God's love. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. We remember Frank Johnson and all the intentions present on the altar, along with those that we hold in the silence of our hearts. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. Calling on the intercession of our patron and mother, we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Queen of Peace, pray for us. Please join us in singing our offertory hymn number 712, The King of Love, My Shepherd Is, 712.
Pray, sisters and brothers, my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. For the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church. As we offer you, O Lord, the sacrifice which the human race is reconciled to you, we humbly pray your Son himself may bestow on all nations the gifts of unity and peace. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just, it is our duty and our salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God. You anointed your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, with the oil of gladness. You anointed him as priest and king of all creation, offering himself on the altar of the cross as a spotless sacrifice to bring us peace. He might accomplish the mystery of human redemption, making all things subject to his rule, that he might present all things to the immensity of your majesty, an eternal and universal kingdom, a kingdom of truth and life, a kingdom of holiness and grace, a kingdom of justice, love, and peace. So with all the angels and saints, all the hosts and the powers of heaven, we sing a hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim.
You are indeed holy, Lord, the font of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, sending down your spirit on them like the dewfall, that they may become the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed, he entered willingly into his passion. He took bread, said the blessing, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, again giving thanks, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, we celebrate the memory of his death and resurrection, and we offer you, Lord, the bread of life, the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to stand in your presence and to minister to you. Humbly, we pray that partaking in the body and the blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember all of our sisters and brothers who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity together with Francis, our Pope, with David, our Bishop, all clergy and all who serve and lead your people. Remember also all of our sisters and brothers who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, all who have died in your mercy, welcome them into the light of your face. And have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, that we too may be co-heirs to eternal life, to praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ.
Through him and with him and in him, O God, almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Please rise, please stand as you're able. At the Savior's command informed by divine teaching, we dare to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Deliver us from evil, Lord, grant peace in our day, that by the help of your mercy, we may be freed from sin, protected from all anxiety, as we wait the joyful hope the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord, you said to your apostles, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sin, but on the faith of your church. Grant us peace and unity, accordance with your will, for you live and reign forever and ever. Peace of the Lord be with you and with your spirit. Let us offer each other a sign of peace. Let us pray. Having received the food of immortality, we ask, O Lord, that glorifying in obedience to the commands of Christ, the King of the universe, we may live with him eternally in his heavenly kingdom. Through Christ our Lord, 
Amen. The Lord be with you. May the blessings of Almighty God be upon you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Mass is ended. Go in peace, teaching the gospel by your lives. Thanks be to God. Please join us in singing our recessional hymn, number 574. Crown him with many crowns, number 574. <clears throat>